From the oldtimeradiodvd.com, may 2015 bring everyone happiness and prosperity. The holiday sale continues. Listen, these are at the lowest pricing ever. I will try to keep them as low as possible as long as the drive pricing remains at the current levels. If you've ever wanted to own your very own nostalgia collection, don't wait. Now is the time. Go to oldtimeradiodvd.com to see our amazing collections. That's oldtimeradiodvd.com. You'll be glad you did. Brown Mysteries. Adventures in excitement and suspense. Based on the best-selling novels by the slick storytelling sensation, Carter Brown. You'd think people would have a little more respect for my position, not to say my feelings. After all, four million readers turn regularly every day to my column to the headline, Dynamite with Johnny Lane. I'm somebody in this town. And what happens? Just because I print a hint in my column about a mobster's imminent demise, a hint thrown my way by an anonymous female phone call, I'm suddenly everybody's favorite focus of attention. The wrong kind of attention. Like the guy at my penthouse door shoving a gun into my stomach and telling me to get inside. That's better, Mr. Lane. Now we can get down to business. Now, look, I got no business with anyone like you. I'm just a newspaper columnist. You printed I... that item about Albert Ferraro's murder, didn't you? Before it happened. Yeah, but but look, O'Byrne, the chief of police and the captain of his stanger, they wanted to know about it, too. But I didn't tell them anything, so you and your friends don't need to be nervous. No, but you do. You're going to need protection, friend. I just proved it. What? You're a sitting duck, Mr. Lane. I could have blown your head off and who wished to stop me. But... Who are you? My card. What, what? Leon Arts, private detective, missing persons, trace bodyguard supply. And that's just what you need, a bodyguard. Now, I can supply one. Our rates are 35 a day in expenses. That's not too much to save your life, is it, Mr. Lane? No, I guess not, but... No buts, Mr. Lane. Now, suppose I'd been one of these criminals you've been ridiculing in your column. You'd have been dead by now. Okay, you sold me. Oh, fine. Now, got one of our standard agreements here, if... Uh... If you will sign it, I'll spend the night on your sofa, and in the morning I'll assign a regular bodyguard to you. Who will that be? Oh, Tony Spencer, my best operative. Okay. I don't know that I approve of your methods, Mr. Arch, but uh, you've got a deal. The comforting reassurance of the private eye's presence in the sofa in the other room gave me eight hours solid slumber. But when I yawned the morning in, I nearly dislocated my jaw halfway through the yawn. The sofa was empty. Then I remembered. Arts must have gone out to arrange about Tony Spencer, my permanent bodyguard. And Police Chief O'Byrne's threats of the night before disappeared in the thought of constant protection from some nice, hefty ex-heavyweight. The percolator was bubbling and soft music from the radio was cheering the morning when the buzzer went. I bounded to greet my bodyguard. Mr. Lane? Sure. What can I do for you? It's what I can do for you, Mr. Lane. Uh, I presume it's all right for me to come in? You have a nice place here, Mr. Lane. I think I'm going to like it. 
You do? I certainly do. Well, that's fine, just fine. Beautiful blonde is just what I need in my life. Honey, come to Papa. Hey! Hey, what hit me? A blockbuster? I don't know why it is, but I have this trouble with every assignment. Huh? It's always the same. Men just can't get used to the idea of a female bodyguard. You mean you're Tony Spencer? That's right. And there's no need to look so surprised. There are female lawyers, doctors, dentists. Why not a female private detective? But I can't go around with a lady bodyguard. I've been the laughing stock of the town. Now, I'm sorry, but you'd better go back to the agency. I'll pay for the day's hire, of course. It'll cost you more than that. Didn't you read the penalty clause in the agreement? I didn't read it. I just signed it. Your agreement calls for a bodyguard for a minimum of two weeks. If you break the contract, the full premium is due immediately, plus compensation of $500. That's blackmail. Uh-uh, that's business. Well, do I stay? Who am I to argue with a beautiful girl? Especially when she's a jiu-jitsu expert. Well, there's certainly one thing about working for you, Mr. Lane. A girl gets taken to the best places. Oh, I'm here every night. Jewel and I have an understanding. You know, I can't get over... What? That dress. Why is something showing? Nothing that shouldn't be. Johnny! Oh, you remember that. Oh. I didn't realize you had company. Simone, sit down. Uh, this is Tony Spencer. Uh, Simone. Uh, she's half the Adagio team in the floor show. Simon and Simone. Yes, I've heard about you. Especially about that intriguing finish to your act where you spin off the stage. Uh, tell me, do you have to take your meals off the mantelpiece afterwards? You must wait and see. Unfortunately, not tonight. Simon is ill, so we do not perform tonight. What a pity. I'm just dying from curiosity. Just so long as it's from something. <sighs> Mr. Lane, will you excuse me? I want a part of my nose. It's obviously not wanted here. <laughs> I admire your taste, Johnny. I must even confess to a minute touch of jealousy. Jealousy? Oh, you flatter me, Simone. I thought we had a mutual interest in each other. I was even hoping that as I had a night off tonight... Oh, you don't have to worry about Tony. She's only a buddy. Well, that isn't exactly a nice way to describe a girl. Uh, I mean, she's only a friend. Simone, how about we fade quietly away while the opportunity's rife, huh? Indeed, your girlfriend. Oh, she won't care. Come on, let's get while the getting's good. All right, Johnny. And I know just the place. Yeah? Where? My apartment. Ah, this is what you call really living. Beautiful girl, cozy apartment. Oh, it's just a place to sleep. You know, you fascinate me, Johnny. I do? Mm-hmm. What does it feel like to be a power in the land? To know that what you write today is read by four million people the following day. Oh, feels just like any other job where you can make a hundred thousand bucks a year. Uh, Johnny, tell me about Mr. Beak who runs the vice records. I'm dying to know who he really is. Well, so am I, honey. 
Oh, come on, Johnny. Don't be a sourpuss. I won't breathe a word to anybody. I'm sorry, honey. I wish I could tell you, but I can't. Oh, Johnny. Blast. I don't know who this is, but I don't want them, whoever they are. She moved out into the hall, and I got a lot of pleasure out of following that swing and sway walk. In a couple of minutes, she came back with two men behind her. The first one had a face like a horse in a suit with more padding than the average woman's magazine cereal. The second had white hair and blue eyes covered by black, heavy-rimmed spectacles. Johnny! Whoa, company! Introduce me to your friends, Simone. I can't. I don't know them. What do they want? I don't know. Why don't you ask them? Because the one with the glasses has a gun in my back, and he told me to shut up if I wanted to stay alive. Oh. Okay, that's enough. We're in a hurry. Come on, let's go. Johnny, do something. Well, it's a shame to break up a pleasant evening. These gentlemen are so anxious for your company, Simone. We I... don't want a dame. We want you, Buster. Me? Yeah. So grab your hat and get moving. I had to put up a struggle, but I was outnumbered. There were four of them. Two men and two guns. I was bundled out of the apartment into a car. About an hour later, after more twists and turns than the roller coaster with hiccups, we pulled up outside a dilapidated shack off the main highway. Two hoods shoved me inside. By a roaring log fire stood a ravishing redhead. When she saw me, she smiled. When I saw her, I blinked and did a double take. Hello, Johnny. Hey, weren't you a blonde last time I saw you? Could be. I really forget. Oh, the world suddenly gets to be a small place. I remember. You're a piece of dirt I wouldn't use in my column. You use such nice language, Johnny. Senator Rowland's girlfriend. Ex. That's important, Johnny. Ex-girlfriend. Thelma, as I live and breathe. Which you will for a long time. I hope. Ah, aren't you going to say thank you? I gave you some good stuff for your column, didn't I? The best. Vile the mystery. The anonymous phone calls and this kidnapping. If you'd called me, I'd have come. Oh, we'd have preferred it this way, Johnny. Maybe we got a peculiar sense of humor. Okay, so I'm laughing and now the gag's over. Can I go home now? Sorry, Johnny, the gag isn't over. Not yet. You're staying right here for two or three days. What for? Well, we thought the peace and quiet would give you a chance to write your column without any interruption. Now, don't be crazy. How can I write my column here? I, I can't get in touch with any of my contacts. I'll be isolated. Well, you don't have to worry about that, Johnny. You see, we've written your column for you. What? That's right. To cover two issues and asking a few interesting questions, like, do people know that the learned Senator Rowland made his money out of slot machines in the first place, setting up the wires for bookies in the second place, and dope from call girl rackets in the third place? Also, that Albert Ferraro was bumped up not because he was going to sing to the Senator's investigation committee, but because he was trying a double cross. And finally... Asking whose influence got Police Chief O'Byrne his job. Holy cow. And all you've got to do is copy the stuff out in your style and handwriting so we can deliver it to the news. If you think I'm sending that sort of stuff to my paper, you're crazy. If you think you're not, you're as good as dead. Yeah, but insinuations like that about Roland and O'Byrne, I'll be shot. You'll be shot either way. So what do you got to lose? <laughs> I'm always a guy who'll see reason, especially when there's a gun pointing in my midriff. Thelma stood over me while I batted out the column on a ramshackle typewriter. I presume she just wanted to check on my spelling. 
And she and the white-haired guy, they called him the professor, grabbed the car and headed for town, leaving me in the tender care of the horseface character, whom I logically enough called Horseface. Now, you just keep in line, pal, and you and me will get along but fine. Now, look, Horseface... Uh, <clears throat> uh, look, fella, what's the sense in keeping me here? I did what Thelma wanted, didn't I? You might as well let me go now, huh? <laughs> oh, no, we ain't that dumb. First thing you do when you get back to town is cancel them columns. Oh, no, pal. You stay right here. Hey, what's that? Sounds like visitors at the front door. I ain't expecting nobody. I'll go see. And you keep your trap shut, pal. Oh, ah. What? The... Hey, who is it? Hey, horse face. Wow, that's a fine thing to call a girl. Holy. You rat. Running out on me like that? Don't be surprised if Mr. Arts invokes Clause 14 of the contract. Clause 14? Non-cooperation. Non-cooperation of a client doubles the fees payable to the agency. Look, never mind the fees. How did you get here? I'm a private detective, remember? Yeah, but Horseface, the, the, the guy who opened the door. It came off and hit him. Now, come on, we're getting out of here. Mr. Arts is outside in the car. We've got everything arranged. Boy, you sure work fast. We've got a hideout all arranged. Where you can lie low for a couple of days. Lie low? What are you talking about? i got to get back to town and stop him publishing my column. I don't know anything about your column. I've got my orders for Mr. Arts. You've got to hide out for a few days. I am doing nothing of the sort. I am not moving from here except to go back to town. Oh, well, if you feel like that. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, Mr. Lane. But orders are orders. <laughs> 